everybody. It is Wednesday, October, what, the 7th. Wow. Uh, and uh, this is the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brent Lake, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever. Uh, on today's episode, just like yesterday, uh, we've got a little bit of traffic on the way home, so why not record something talking about uh, two news stories that are... Uh, worth putting some words to. So the first one has to do with Volvo. Volvo, of course, part of the Geely Motor Group. Uh, They've got two electric vehicles on the horizon, the first of which is the electric XC40 crossover that uh, we've known about for some time. Uh, I believe the electric XC40 first went on sale in Europe earlier this year and we're supposed to start seeing those XC40s uh, here in the US very, very shortly. Now what's interesting about this XC40 is that basically the vehicle is running uh, a version of the battery and motor system from the Polestar 2. Uh, The Polestar 2 is, you know, of course, meant to be the Tesla Model 3 competitor uh, in a roundabout way from Volvo. Uh, That car gets, I think, a little over 300 miles of range. Um, You know, it's a 4,000-pound car, just like the Tesla. It's heavy. Um, It's meant to be a little bit more of a performance sedan than anything else. But the XC40 electric is meant to, you know, capture that compact SUV market that's, you know, been increasingly popular. And offering an electric model, you know, certainly bodes well for Volvo as they continue to push towards electrification uh, for themselves as a company, just like many others. So uh, why is it worth talking about? Well, one, it's on the way. Two, it got its official EPA certification in terms of mileage uh, within the past day or so, and the final figure is 208 miles of electric range. Now, that is not particularly noteworthy overall in terms of electric range, but uh, it, it is kind of interesting to contrast it against the Polestar 2. Now, Volvo, you know, they're saying, hey, this is a pretty upright, boxy SUV. Um, not exactly going to be the most efficient way to move through the air. Um, I would be willing to bet that this EPA test probably still isn't completely indicative of what this car is going to be able to do. Uh, it, as we've seen with the Porsche Taycan, Taycan, however you want to pronounce it, uh, that car was rated for somewhere around 200 miles of uh, EPA electric range, but real-world tests had put that car well north of 300. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I, I think these EPA tests tend to be much more accurate than the WLTP figures that are used in Europe and Asia. But at the same time, you know, your mileage is definitely going to vary once, you know, you factor in temperature, weather, driving styles, whether, you know, you're driving 15 miles uphill both ways to get to school, uh, that's all going to have an impact on what you're able to get out of the car. Uh, The only other thing that's kind of not, well, there's several things that are not really super known about this uh, XC40 EV. One is price, uh, and two, I'm really curious to find out if this is going to qualify for their subscription program. Uh, The first of the XC40s a few years back uh, came to the United States, and you could plunk down, what is it, $600 a month, and it included uh, all your maintenance, your lease, and car insurance. 
a little expensive for a lot of people, but you know, it's a little bit easier for a lot of folks to just say, hey, I'm just gonna pay this flat fee and I get everything I need, uh, you know, right away. And there's, there's a lot of comfort in that. And I think, you know, if you're going electric, if you could do something similar, if that also included uh, maybe charging credits or something like that through ChargePoint or Electrify America, that would also be a great bonus. Um, but uh, we'll have to see what ends up coming of that. Now, sticking with Volvo for just a moment, as I said, they're part of the Geely Group. Uh, you know, they just announced a new electric platform uh, that's going to be debuting under Lincoln Co. And sounds like it'll eventually get a, a Polestar variant, um, which I think is the SLP. I, I'm getting the acronym wrong. I haven't read it since earlier this afternoon. Uh, but this new electric vehicle platform is going to underpin a number of vehicles in the Geely Group going forward from Lotus and everybody else. It, it's going to be a pretty interesting thing. And Volvo announced today that their first car that they're going to get directly under the Volvo branding will be a sub XC40 electric electric car. Wow, that's a weird way to say that, but uh, it's going to be a very affordable vehicle that's meant to compete in the, um, you know, the initial electric car segment. So I think there is a question, first of all, how much smaller than the XC40 can you go? Um, will it be more crossover-like or more car-like? Um, it seems to be that this is going to be more of like a crossover type thing. Um, so I'm guessing this thing must be around the size of like a Hyundai Venue, maybe a little bit larger than that. Um, that definitely could be pretty interesting. Uh, just the same if it's going to be using those same batteries and motors from the XC40 EV. Uh, what kind of performance you could expect. And then, you know, of course, what kind of price are you going to be looking at? Uh, Tesla keeps saying that they're going to try to compete in that twenty-five dollars to $30,000 range. Uh, I don't really know if that's going to happen anytime soon. Obviously, Volkswagen is racing to get there with their ID platform cars. Uh, GM and many others want to get there as well. And so I'd definitely be curious to find out what this entry-level Volvo ends up becoming uh, with an electric powertrain. You know, the XC40 has ended up becoming the default uh, entry-level Volvo simply because the uh, S40 and S50 uh, all went away. So, you know, I guess we'll see what ends up happening with that. But uh, sticking on the EV front, uh, the other thing that I think's worth talking about here, and I guess it's a little bit more than just EVs, is Mercedes-Benz. Uh, Mercedes-Benz had a big uh, number of announcements within the past uh, 24 to 48 hours talking about how they as a company need to readdress where they are in the marketplace. Uh, they have had their lunch eaten by BMW, or excuse me, by BMW and Audi um, in a lot of markets across the world. Here in the United States, uh, Audi has really kind of torn into what they wanted to do. And Mercedes-Benz has been struggling to find where they need to be in the marketplace uh, as time has gone on. Um, they have built lower and lower and lower spec vehicles to middling sales. And while the S-Class has gotten much nicer, they had the Maybach to keep an eye out for. Uh, the AMG cars are all over the board in terms of price and performance and trim levels and so many other things. It's really just an absolute mess at Mercedes uh, for, you know, 
lack of description. Uh, so this new plan for them as a company is to kind of reassess where they're at and really clean up what they want to be doing uh, in terms of brand strategy. You know, they're, they're going to clean up their offerings. Uh, some indications seem to be pointing towards uh, the GT Coupe, in air quotes, not getting renewed, uh, the B-Class not getting a replacement, uh, and I think there was one more in that list, and I'm completely blanking on what it was. Um, but it's a lot of cars that already have representation, is maybe a good way to say it, within their lineup, whether it's with a crossover or a traditional sedan. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, Maybach, yeah, they've got their big SUV coming, but, you know, they don't really have a whole lot, and so Mercedes is going to have to think really carefully about, you know, how they're going to approach that company, you know, how much further can they maybe push that upmarket to give the Mercedes brand room to breathe to separate itself from its competitors. The really big general take-home thing that they had been talking about is that they want the Mercedes brand to be a more premium mark than BMW and Audi and Lexus and many others and kind of reposition the brand where it was back in the early to mid 90s uh, before they really started cutting costs and really trying to win on margin instead of winning on actual luxury vehicles that people are willing to spend significant amounts of money on. Uh, it's kind of an interesting play uh, in regard to a lot of things going on. Uh, obviously, COVID has shaken things up quite a bit uh, in the general automotive marketplace. Uh, there is a continued stratification of wealth in not just the United States, but all around the world that is drawing higher and higher amounts of dollars to the top. And those people are increasingly willing to spend ridiculous sums of money on cars, trucks, SUVs, whatever, uh, all while the people who, you know, want to look wealthy uh, maybe don't have quite as much money to spend on these vehicles that would have, you know, been an interesting win for Mercedes just a few short years ago. Uh, you know, a good case for this is the A-Class here in the United States. Uh, the A-Class was meant to do battle with the BMW 1 and 2 Series as well as the Audi A3 and fend off competition from Cadillac and many others that are building these compact uh, luxury cars. Uh, the A-Class initially wasn't all that well received. Uh, the new A-Class, or I guess the CLA in some instances as well, uh, is a much better car, but, you know, are you going to be winning that many people over when that car is already much more expensive to produce because it is on a smaller chassis with a different kind of engine? Um, and, you know, you're selling however many $40,000 A-classes to make up the margin that you could get on a really well-done uh, Mercedes-Benz E-class or an E-class wagon or whatever that, you know, does catch people's interest. And... Yeah, I would love to see the spreadsheet on where this is going for them as a company. Um, this is something that we talked about, you know, a lot. Total tangential discussion, I suppose. But, uh, 
you know, working at uh, the brewing company that I was formerly employed by, New Holland Brewing Company, uh, I was in charge of the merchandise creation for them, and the company uh, was trying to, I'm going to use the words, class up their persona a bit. Um, they wanted to reach for a higher dollar buyer, and me being in charge of the merchandise, I saw that as an opportunity to class up the merch. And when that happens, you know, you're going to be buying stuff that's a little more expensive and you're going to be selling those items at a higher price point. And assuming that you're actually bringing in those higher dollar buyers, you know, the idea of a 45, 50, 55, $60 sweatshirt shouldn't be appalling to those buyers if it is one of higher quality, two has higher print, and three, you know, has a higher class store to be shopped in with and uh, that worked in some cases uh, and I had continued to push for those changes to be made in other regards uh, but I still had people above me who were saying you know we got to have these these $18 t-shirts to push out you know the brand and get people to buy stuff and it it's that kind of mixed messaging and that's I feel like where Mercedes has been at is that on the one hand, they want to be the standard of the world uh, with the S class and with the E class, and on the other, you know, they want to they want to dominate that forty to fifty thousand dollar vehicle purchase thing, and they just haven't delivered. Uh, but anyway, Mercedes. The other news to talk about is that they are going to be electrifying quite a few more vehicles in their lineup uh, over the next couple of years. Uh, eventually, Mercedes-Benz is planning on having a full electric lineup. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any room for discussion on that front. And uh, they have, uh, what is that, six, I think, vehicles that have been announced so far uh, that are going to be coming out. So there is an EQB crossover. Uh, there is already the EQC thing available in Europe that's going to be coming to the United States very soon. Uh, there will be an EQE sedan, an EQS sedan, as well as an EQS type crossover, um, which kind of gets into a weird alphabet soup when you consider the GLS is the top trim SUV. This EQ blah 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 crossover would somehow be that equivalent uh, but, you know, it's nice to know that Mercedes seems to have a plan. As much as there have been pretty significant teething issues with the EQC coming from Europe to the United States, uh, knowing that they've got this stuff going seems to be pretty good. And Mercedes-Benz is saying that, at least with the EQE, uh, their target is an electric range somewhere north of 450 miles, uh, which is nothing to scoff at. Uh, that puts it squarely in competition with the Tesla Model S, uh, which is where, honestly, they need to be with that kind of a car. Uh, the other question, you know, is price. You know, how much more of a premium will they be able to charge for on these electric cars, or is it going to be a parity situation uh, with the current gas models? Uh, my guess is the time, the clock is ticking, basically, for E-Class. Uh, this uh, forthcoming E-Class is probably going to be one of the last gasoline E-Class models. Uh, and then I would suspect that we would probably get one more maybe as a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid. And then 
that's it. The EQE would be the thing. And maybe they would then transfer the EQE, quote-unquote, nameplate to just being the E-Class, and it just happens to be electric. And that's just the way the world works going forward for Mercedes-Benz. But uh, it's nice to know that they have a plan, that they are executing it, that they have uh, a timetable for these cars to be coming out. And, you know, going forward, I, I think I'm really interested to see how Mercedes-Benz handles these types of things. Uh, you know, again, they're trying to be the standard of the world in terms of luxury. Uh, I see no reason why they couldn't be the standard of the world when it comes to electric powertrains. Um, GM, I think, still might secretly have the lead when it comes to battery technology and motor technology. Uh, but uh, Mercedes-Benz, you know, they had an early lead that they squandered. Uh, and I think this is going to be their time to shine. I think they've got uh, their work cut out for them and they know what they got to do. So I'm excited to see what happens. Well, anyway, guys, that is enough of me rambling in the car as I head towards home from work. I had a very long day. My legs, my feet are very, very tired. Uh, so I'm looking forward to sitting down, having some dinner, and catching up with some more automotive news. Uh, if you want to keep up with me and what I talk about online, you can do so at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. And if you want to follow along with episodes of this show, you can do that at anchor.fm slash salvage title. Well, uh, assuming that there is news tomorrow, perhaps I will be speaking with you tomorrow about something of interest. Otherwise, I'm sure we'll have a more traditional uh, salvage cast or salvage title podcast wow words uh episode later this week so until then guys drive safe have a great week and we will see you on the next episode of the salvage title podcast